Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey. Hello. Uh, I'm Justin Barney from 89 Milwaukee. And I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. Together, we're Cinebuds, and today we're talking about the movie House of Gucci. It was a name that sounded so sweet, so seductive. Synonymous with words, style, power. Uh, House of Gucci is the new Ridley Scott film. Ridley Scott is our newest old curmudgeon director. We'll get back to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a whole thing there. Oh, I can't wait to talk about him. All right. Uh, House of Gucci is the true story of Patricio Reggiani and her relationship with her husband, Maurizio Gucci, uh, of the famed Gucci uh, fashion house. Um, and a, a very fascinating bit of information is the uh, patriarch of the family was Maurizio's uh, grandfather, Guccio Gucci, which, which that's amazing. I don't think they say in the movie because it would they be don't. too funny to remember. Well, they do a lot of things in the movie. That are too. <laughs> Guccio, Guccio Gucci would have been a pleasant, a pleasant appearance. I would love to have seen a cameo. But yeah, there's okay. a there's a uh, there's a very scandalous plot, and uh, it's an epic family drama um, on a, on a large scale about the House of Gucci. Yes, so it is a uh, very long two hours and forty minutes yeah. of Gucci. Um, K. Polly. Yeah. What did you think of House of Gucci? House of Gucci. Uh, the story is fascinating. Um, once you yes. once you sit through the two hours forty, uh, mm-hmm. it is really an interesting story. I do actually have a weird. This is going to be surprising based on these several hoodies I own, but I am fascinated <laughs> by fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I do. love that prerequisite. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think Thank to God look at me. this is a podcast, so you can't see yeah. me. But I want to be honest. Listen, yeah. I'm not. A, I'm. I'm far from a fashion icon, but I do find that whole industry fascinating. I, I think there was a. I'll get. I well. I don't want to. In the intro, I won't get into too much of why, but I'll get into it later. But uh, I do find these little family plot and little uh, feuds and whatnot interesting. So they usually make for good movies. I did enjoy yeah. the story of this film. I had some issues with it, but I do think it is worth uh, worth it for the overall story. Okay. I am somewhere close to that as well. I mean, okay. like a family that rises to power, infighting, backstabbing, you know, all of that makes for a good drama, especially that it's like based on a true story. Yeah. Um, that And that is all in there. It uh, starts with a boiling hot love story between Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and watching two hot people just be hot is great. <laughs> we'll start reviewing in, some of those films soon. In the in the end, I it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was not as good as it could have been. Yeah, it's it, this is an interesting one because I think 
uh, in the podcast, we'll talk about the highlights of it and then the lowlights. Um, it just, you know, it's an uneven film for sure, but I do think that yeah. the idea of the story overall is really interesting to know. Oh my God. And I have a movie that I have been waiting to talk about in the what else we've been watching section literally for an entire week. I've been dying. We're going to get to that in the podcast. Uh, stick around. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. It's the most charitable time of year and we have a way for you to give a gift to Radio Milwaukee and yourself. Donate your unwanted car, truck, motorcycle, or boat and let us take it off your hands. Your gift will support the music and stories you enjoy every day, and it may even qualify you for a tax deduction. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org cars to schedule your free donation pickup today. Okay, and uh, we're back, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Welcome. What do you want to start with House of Gucci? Oh, I mean, he, here's where I want to start is Jared Leto, yeah. but I'm not going to. I don't think we should. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm gonna lose my mind. Let's start with uh, let's start with Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. Like when you like you talked about when we, the film opens, you see this this romance start between the two of them, and so they're really spotlighted. Yes. Well, I mean, this is a two hour and forty minute movie that really revolves around two characters and then maybe a third and fourth and then a long fifth on Jeremy Irons. So it's like it's really like a majority of it is Lady Gaga and Adam Driver with yeah. not enough Jared Leto and some oh, Al Pacino and hold on. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Baby steps. Well, we'll get there. Baby steps. Um, okay. I think the, I heard some people who were like, I don't know where this movie started. And uh, I didn't know like when it was going to start or whatever. But um, I, I think that the, the, maybe the first 40, 50 minutes when it is the love story of Adam driver and uh, lady Gaga to me, that was the best part of the movie. That was like totally my favorite. I sort of agree. Here's what I would say is that the first part is really good. The last like half an hour is really interesting. Like when you get the climax of the film and the stuff that the, the meat of it, I think that's really interesting too. I and then don't, there is I a middle where it yeah. all just got muddled. And for a movie that is like really painstakingly long to still have questions about like, what is this person's motive when they have so much time to explain their motive yeah. or, you know, or like what they're trying to do where, where it's like unclear about what their vision is. And you kind of at the end, you're like, well, I think that like, you know, I think that she was trying to do this. And then he kind of like changed as a person. Yeah. And then I think that he kind of like picked up on what she was doing, but was that what he wanted or was that yeah. due to her? When you have like a bunch, when you come out with like a bunch of questions as to the motive of like what two people were doing across two hours and 40 minutes, I think it, it lost it somewhere. And I think it was clearest right at the beginning where it was just like that love story. And yeah. it's just like, 
Lady Gaga, just like looking fantastic, like kind of like looking for fame, kind of like really pushing this relationship. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really great. And also I just freaking love Lady Gaga as an actress. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was watching her and for a while I was like, she's, because I, I, I did not watch uh, the one that she was in that she won or that she got all the accolades. A Star for. is Born? Star she is Born, thank so you. Good. She was right. so good in that. And I remember you had yeah. said that and a bunch of people did and I just believed it. I'm yeah. like, I believe you. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I don't need to watch it. But I yeah. thought she was really good in this. There were moments where I thought, is this too much? Is what she is what she's doing too much? Um, I think she plays that line, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, and and I, I think what she did best as an actress in this was, like, her character, like, had a lot of, like, inner ambition and had, like, a like really wanted it, you know? And, uh, and I think that, that, like, that really came across in there, like, in, like, the, like, kind of, like, manic look in her eyes at yeah. time. That, like, you could say that's over the top, but, like, in the end... She's over the top. Right. I mean, the, like the, that's, the, that's the reality of this. I mean, character. that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, is that yeah. warranted because of it? Or is it just the style? Also, totally. there's a lot of, here's the uneven part. One of the uneven parts of the movie is that you've got Adam driver and you've got lady Gaga acting together a lot and they are acting on very different levels and, and the styles. Adam driver is so underplayed and he's, he's reserved, so quiet, he's, he's so inner. He's really good. I mean, I I like him more and more every time I see him, and he's great in this. Uh, but she, he's, and that is the dynamic. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning when her, she, right. yeah, in the and in the beginning where she is like pushing this whole relationship along, and he doesn't really want to be a Gucci at all, really, and she is like, no, you, he wants to be a lawyer, and uh, and she is like, she is is really in the in the holding the reins in the relationship. Yeah. But it's interesting because there's a, there's actors throughout this film, all great, many great actors. <laughs> Let mm-hmm. me correct. Not all who are acting in different levels, almost like in different movies. It's not that disparate, but it is enough that it was noticeable. Um, and then the tone of this movie in different parts is yeah. different. And it's, we talk about this a lot, like Americans, don't do change of genre well within a movie. We see it a lot. We always talk about South Korea uh, does, does that so well. A lot of Asian countries actually do a great job with their films, changing genres, almost uh, at least changing tones so well within the same movie where that's usually a bad thing. And they do it really masterfully. I don't think we do that that well. I think what you're leaning to on this is that there is a, major change in tone when Jared Leto gets brought into this movie. I don't even know if I'm ready for this. Jared Leto. (laughs) Here's what I think about him overall. Let me start there. Yeah. I think he is good. Here's good on you for trying to reach something that's special. (laughs) I think it's, I genuinely think it's a valiant effort. You're trying for something. you're going with this <laughs> that i don't think you have the chops for <laughs> he tried it in the joker he tried it in uh, when he played the joker not in joker uh and he tried it in that movie oh the god, li- in that terrible movie the little the things rock- the oh little things. my yeah. god that was it, awful he's oh. trying for this eccentric like christian bale ish 
you know, totally. like Willem Dafoe. And like he's trying for this level of intensity okay. yeah, and, abs- yeah. and absurdity. But I just don't think you have the chops to do it. I didn't think he was good. I thought every time he's on the screen, I'm like, I see what you're trying to do, but you're not, you shouldn't be doing it in this movie. Like, I understand if he wanted to be the comedic, he wanted to be the Fredo. This is a, you know, a Godfather esque movie. He wanted to be the Fredo, the one that's like the laughable one. And he had, he had like one or two moments where I'm like, that would be funny if it wasn't in this, (laughs) in this scenario. I don't know. I just, I hated every moment he was on there. I just was rolling my eyes. Uh, it was such a campy performance and it was so over the top. It was so cartoonish. I was, I was, uh, you know, I was listening to this other review of, of somebody talk about it and they said like, this movie could have been great had Ridley Scott told everybody to do what Jared Leto was doing. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't know that I disagree with that. But exactly, not, that's what I'm thinking too. Not because but he was with good him in there, yeah, right? I know, just because then the movie would be so different, and it would be it would be so different. It would be like a campy masterpiece, yeah. you know? It would be like fashion and Italians and drama and over the top, you know, yeah. kind of everything. You know, Jeremy Irons is almost kind of there too. Um, it's like, and Al Pacino's almost there. Um, Adam Driver is there the least. And so yeah. there was like that, there was like a push and pull of like Adam Driver's like real inner you know actor-ness. Where, you know where Adam Driver, and this was my favorite moment of the entire movie. And you know where Adam Driver did kind of come up to that level is during, there's a scene where he does a photo shoot. <laughs> he's like jumps on an ottoman. laughed so hard because he's first he's real reserved and then he just starts doing all this crazy stuff. I genuinely thought that was a hilarious moment. Well, I, I think I think the movie really struggled with Driver's like inwardness or that character's inwardness yeah. of being like because for like so much of the movie he just doesn't want to be part of the family. And he's like, I don't yeah. want to be a Gucci. I don't want to be involved in that. I, I want to be a lawyer. I'm, you know, here reading a thousand pages of interesting books on law. And yeah. then like and then uh suddenly he is like buying Lamborghinis and million dollar you know, antiquities and it just like, it doesn't, it, you didn't like see that character come around and uh, have that, like, it was just like suddenly a montage and like nothing seemed to change. And it was like, that's what he wanted all along, even though there was nothing to give us that that is ever what he wanted or a reason for that change. Also, when he starts buying expensive stuff, you see like one or two scenes of him buying expensive stuff. I not until later in the movie, do you realize it's a problem at first? You just think, well, mm-hmm. he's always been rich. I didn't realize yeah. that there was such a disparate between that rich and another kind of rich that he's not. Uh, totally. <laughs> so it's kind it's of like, a surprise. Okay, they have, yeah. They have these stores all over the place. It's Gucci. It's like a, a label that we all know. Like, yeah, yeah that isn't that their thing is luxury. Uh, before we move on, I do want to quickly say, I did think um, Jeremy Irons was really good. Like there were some really nice scenes at the beginning with him and it, I hadn't seen him in a movie in a while and I just really enjoyed him. In a movie about fashion that had a lot of great outfits, the best yeah. were given to jeremy irons oh yeah like he's sitting on the <laughs> yeah. patio and he's got that kind of like scarf slash that's exactly what i was thing. thinking of yeah and it's like kind of fluttering at the end and it's like oh my 
God. I just yeah. love Jeremy Irons. I so wish that he was in more things. Agreed. He's an absolute freaking genius. And he's yeah. just like so rarely used in stuff. It's like, man, this guy is a gem. Yeah, he's delightful. I want to talk about Ridley Scott a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, oh yeah you, you dropped that curmudgeonly line and then just left. Well, he's been – so since he's had this movie out and he had one called The Last Duel – that didn't do very well in the box office um, yes. all this year. Okay. And he's been on this press tour and he's just been letting it fly. Like he's not holding oh back. God. Is he and, like, oh, woe is me. I can't say anything. I'm a white uh, man. No, no. He's just saying whatever he wants. Um, oh. It's nothing awful. It's just, he's just coming off as such an old man. Like how? Give me a give me an example. Well, he said recently that he, he sort of blamed the failure of the last duel on the fact that millennials are just too obsessed with their phones and they don't believe anything <laughs> unless they see it on Facebook. Which I think I may on Facebook on Facebook, yeah. Oh yeah. Which I was like, yeah. I feel like I've said stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't fully disagree with his sentiment, but it was not because that's not what crashed your movie. I don't think Uh, that was ridiculous. But he also was talking about the Marvel universe. They asked him about superhero films and he started saying stuff like it's all, what did he say? It's all shit. Uh, He said, uh, just relies on special effects and all the stories are terrible. And I, I, I think I've said stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I know. We've each. <laughs> Are we Ridley Scott? We're like Voltron, but we form Ridley yeah. Scott. <laughs> I'll form the old man. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. I <laughs> I will bet any money that he has never seen a Marvel film. Can you imagine Ridley Scott sitting down and watching a, a, like Iron Man? I feel mm-hmm. like you haven't. Like I'm not uh, such a defender of the Marvel universe. I do enjoy it, but it's it's fun, and I do think some of them have great stories. But uh, <laughs> I guarantee he's never watched a single one. Yeah, I would. I would be so shocked. But then he also, uh, uh, I think, an uh, interviewer. Uh, he just said "f you" to this interviewer because he said how realistic his new film was compared to a couple of his others. And it was, I don't even think it was a slight intended as a slight, but he immediately cursed him out. So I don't know. I just feel like, are you done Ridley Scott? (laughs) There are filmmakers that go on and do great work their whole life, but there's a a lot more that like they have a good run. His, his legacy is great, but. Oh my God. Gladiator. Matchstick men. I mean, (laughs) I'm thinking like Blade Runner. Yes. And uh, alien, but uh, at some point, like maybe you're just the last duel. You're too, maybe the last duel is not going to be your swan song. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got suddenly angry. Ridley Scott this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, anything else about this movie? Um, I, I, I think that's. I, I, I think I've said my piece on House of Gucci. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't super mad about it. I, yeah. I felt like it it looked like it looked like it could have been terrible and it right. was not it wasn't terrible. I didn't I, it was good and I liked it. Yeah. But I didn't come out of it feeling like, you know, when I came out of Dune, I felt like I had just like 
you know, done drugs. And yeah, I, was right. like, I was like, yeah, that was incredible. I was just like, I left and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't really in the mood for this epic family drama. Like I, I just recently realized I haven't seen Godfather since I was like in my twenties and it would be kind of nice to go back and see the Godfather again. Um, so I, yeah. I do want to get in the mood for this kind of thing. I will say this though. I, I am fascinated by the fashion world and it wasn't really until the end of the movie that you get an interesting glimpse where they actually set some of the film in the fashion world. Yeah. Which I found fascinating, and I won't say too much about what happens at the end. If you're into fashion, you probably know already. But there's an interesting uh, like figure that comes into Gucci's life. Totally. And it, it's very interesting. And that part of it I was really interested in. I think fat people who are into fashion, the fashion industry will really like this movie, no matter what. <laughs> like, uh, like myself. Mm. <laughs> Now it's time for our favorite segment. Uh, what else have you been watching, Justin Barday? Christopher Pollard. This week, I have been waiting all week to tell you that I watched The Swimmer. <gasps> oh, this yeah, this is exciting for me. Yes. The Swimmer um, noted in our very first, I believe, yeah. Weird Movies podcast. And uh, it, you mentioned it then, and I had like filed it in the file cabinet of my brain. Yeah. And then uh, um, I was on Criterion, and I was like uh, going through movies, and it, it was like, you know, what's leaving this month or whatever. And uh, it was The Swimmer, and I was like, I'm going to watch this 1968 movie with Burt Lancaster. Yeah. And I loved it isn't it great oh, oh that's so my awesome god did i love it oh it was absolutely incredible i got out of that and i you know i texted you and was like yeah. <laughs> you know i, I could i was like i was like i need to tell somebody about this movie and so if you have not seen the movie or heard christopher talk about it before the the premise of this movie it starts off with Burt Lancaster, who is an absolute freaking hunk yep. swimming in a pool and it's his friend's pool and he gets out and his friends are so glad to see him. <laughs> yeah. It is like, it is like. I, and then he gets out and and they're talking about how they haven't seen him in a long time, how they're glad that he is back and he has been somewhere and um and they're so glad to see him. And then somebody comes out of the house and Burt Lancaster is greeted in a way that one can only dream that somebody <laughs> greets you. I mean, he like yeah. runs out and he's like, yo, I, I can't believe it. It's incredible. You're here. And then he is like, you know, it's this beautiful day and there's like these weird shots of like the clouds that are kind of spacey and you see him get this idea and he looks out and this like house is on this hill and he sees these swimming pools and he this romantic idea pops into his head and he says who lives over there and his neighbors say well it's the whoever's because it's a you know a little community and they all have their little garden parties and talk to each other and uh, he says okay and he says I'm going to swim home <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's like I think if I if I go to this person 
when I go to this person and I go to this person, he can swim through every single backyard and every single person all the way to his house has a pool and he's going to swim in every single person's pool. And he calls it, I forget the river that he calls it. Do you remember? No, I don't. Mm -mm. He said, he says it's the river, whatever. And, uh, and so it's like, it's this like beautifully romantic idea in his mind. And I thought, what a great, stupid idea that is like a thing, (laughs) you know, it is like, it's such a romantic idea. And it's like a thing that I do frequently where it's like, I'm just going to create this thing. And then I'm going to do this thing for the sake of doing it. And it's like, doesn't serve a purpose or a function. And I was, I thought that that idea was so great. And then he goes to the next pool and he's greeted wildly again. And he meets this girl and he's like, and he tells her the idea and she sees the romance in it. And she's like, and he's like, come with me. And she does. And it's like, oh my God, this movie just like going up. And then and then the rest of the movie happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is this. And I don't want to, I don't want to like give away what happens yeah. or anything, but then the whole rest of the movie is just incredible. It's so interesting. Cause you see a movie like this with a big star from the sixties and you would never imagine it would appear on a weirdest movies I've ever seen list. Cause it's weird in a very different way than some of the films we talk about that are very in your face weird. This is just an yes. odd concept for a person to want to do. And the interactions he has across, uh, you know, along the way, just get increasingly stranger and more mysterious or, 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 or just, yes. they just change. They, and it's such an interesting uh, performance. And within this setting of what we think of the classic golden era cinema, you know? Yes. It's it was really nice to see. Also, a young, very young Joan Rivers is in it and almost unidentifiable. I literally did not even place her. I <laughs> yeah. Didn't, I didn't even notice. But it was it's based on a John Cheever's short story. Yeah. Which it says in the beginning, and I was like, oh, this it's it's so kind of like that makes sense to me, you know? Yeah. It's like it is like a John Cheever short story story that plays like that kind of literature and it's the kind of like it's the kind of like literature that just like doesn't make it to a movie because right. it's like a you know uh, about a romantic idea and uh and things that happen it that, was just, yeah that's it why was, i love it when when stories or books or whatever are thought to be unfilmable and i wouldn't call this unfilmable the story but there's some that like it's, oh, it's hard to tra- hard to translate yeah to. <laughs> it's not <laughs> you know? it's not a typical three act structure sort of thing where it's like you know and there's the supporting no. there's the love i mean there is some, those elements but it's just in such an odd conceit that i love it when people take a chance and like let's try this on the big screen and then, oh, this one I, turned out to be like legendary I absolutely adored it. That I is a great film. Adored it. So thank you for telling me about that. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> if you want to watch it as well, it's called The Swimmer, and it is on Criterion. It might have been on the like going away, so you might have to watch it soon. But um, it was The Swimmer, 1968, Burt Lancaster. 
uh, loved it. Yeah, I always like to tell people this once in a while. Uh, just as a reminder, justwatch.com is a great place to go to find out where films are being streamed. So if you can't find it there, oh. a lot of good options there. I thought you were going to say, I just like to tell people this. Um, listen to <laughs> what I suggest. <laughs> I like to tell people this. I, and I when you don't listen to me, it infuriates me. <laughs> but if i tell you to watch them you should watch it yeah uh, stop betraying me yeah um, so that's what i watch and i was so happy good. that's the only thing i wanted to talk about so uh what else what else did you watch okay i also watched something i was very excited about uh as oh, you know great. as you know i'm very into comedy i love i love comedy <laughs> and i like comedians yes. and yes. i found an amazing documentary by bobcat Goldthwaite. Who's done some? Oh. Yeah, who's done some films I really like, and it's called Joyride, and you can find it on Amazon. And it's a documentary of Bobcat Goldthwait and Dana Gould, who's another comedian I've loved since I was a kid. Uh, he wrote for The Simpsons for years, but he's a stand-up in his own right. And they do a comedy tour through the South, and it's a documentary about their comedy tour and their friendship. They used to hate each other, and now they're very good friends. And it's uh, also a little bit about their past. Uh, but their comedy sets are so good and they're on stage together. So they kind of go back and forth. It is so much fun and also heart, a little heartbreaking in part, parts. It's surprising because Bobcat Gothwaite was really good friends with uh, Barry Crimmins, who's like, uh, who was in a documentary that he made about Barry Crimmins, who's a, 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 a comedy legend, but not a lot of people know about him. He was yeah. also good friends with Robin Williams comedy legend who also passed away um right so he's got some straight stories about robin williams um but generally it's just a really good doc if you're a comedy fan and even if you're i mean everyone likes comedy even if you just kind of like comedy this is a really fun and interesting documentary um i do want to point out one part of this oh no were you gonna say something I was going to say, I think that is like the recipe for if you're if you're out there making a movie and you want to appeal directly to Christopher. Potter, oh, it's yeah. Like, take two people and put them in a car together. Yeah, or that's true. Put them, like in a situation like what the uh, what was I thinking of the um, what's the one where they go through the French countryside? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Faces, places, faces, places. It's like faces, places, oh, the yeah. trip. You know, oh yeah! Those are no, you're absolutely 100 percent right. We're just, just like just really two funny people, two yeah. interesting people. Put them Let together, exactly. Yeah. Well, it, that's a good segue too, because so there's this feud that I didn't know about between Bobcat Goldthwait and Jerry Seinfeld. What? So Bobcat Goldthwait has always been like this very alternative comedian. He used to he was in the <clears> Police <throat> Academy movies. He did this voice. That was like crazy. He was like erratic. And now he's a lot more calm. He's very quiet. He's like almost the antithesis, but he's still a very alternative comic. And Jerry's Seinfeld, obviously very mainstream, big, big right. successful comic. But uh, Bobcat Goldthwait made some comments about Jerry Seinfeld back in his wilder days. And Jerry Seinfeld has never let it go. And the interesting, <laughs> the interesting thing is that uh, Jerry Seinfeld had that, uh, a show I love called Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Right. I love the show because it's exactly this. It's two comedians talking about comedy. Yeah, yeah totally. It's fantastic. I've watched it, the whole series like twice. Uh, as much as I love it, I, I do get the sense that Jerry Seinfeld is not too far below the surface, kind of a dick. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you really yeah. get yeah. the sense that, like, oh, anything could set you off, and you're probably not that nice of a person. Um, Instead, he just cares about jokes. That yeah. is literally the only thing in the world that he cares about. He's delightful to his counterpart in the film because they're all comedians so Mm -hmm. that's him at his best i imagine but there was one episode where it was him and bridget everett who's a a great alternative comedian and she's good friends with bobcat and she made the mistake of mentioning his name in the episode and jerry seinfeld showed the whole conversation he goes off And talking about how he's not funny and the reason he was mad at him is because i'm good at it i can do it he can't do it he's bad at it and it made Everett, Bridget Everett so uncomfortable, but he just laid into it. And then he kind of laughed it off at the end, but it was kind of uncomfortable and mean. That's funny. Sometimes in that show, I'm like, these people have been together all day and they chose to show this. Part. <laughs> yeah, I they, know. Like, they didn't like they didn't have like they could have edited that out. Yeah. You know? no, they, Jerry they could Seinfeld. have easily featured hundreds of, yeah. you know, all the other conversations. Seinfeld was very happy to show that part, which I thought was, you know, that's right. him being vindictive. But then it, it's amazing now. Joyride. Bob Kickgoldthwait addresses that that conversation. It is really fascinating because you see so many bits and you see clips of him talking about him, you know, years ago. So you really get a good sense of this whole feud, which it's like you know both people are sort of at fault, but I'm I'm more on Bobcat's side because he he has more to lose. Like (laughs) Jerry Seinfeld, nothing's going to touch him. He's got hundreds of millions. That's the thing about having a feud with Jerry Seinfeld. It's like, what what is what's the measure of winning this? You know, more success. Like it's Jerry. You know, like there's yeah, literally unbeatable. But uh, but it's still like Jerry Seinfeld, kind of a jerk. But anyway, overall, wonderful documentary. And the coolest thing that came out of it is I I posted on Instagram and I tagged them and uh, Bobcat Goldthwait re regrammed my gram. Wow. And then, and then he followed me. Whoa. What? So now Bobcat Goldthwait follows me and I couldn't be more delighted. It was such. (laughs) So now I'm fighting. I'm waging his war against Jerry Seinfeld. I'm totally, you follow me. I'm on your side. (laughs) Him and Lyle Lovett. Those are my only two claims to fame. Lyle Lovett and, and Bob Gilbert. Lyle Gilbert. Lovett follows you? Yeah. I drew a picture wow. of him. That I drew a picture of Lyle Lovett and it said, uh, uh, Lyle Lovett is my Beyonce. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And, uh, and now, and then he followed me and he's liked some of my stuff in the, in. Wow. I, I fully believe it's him. <laughs> I choose to believe that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Those are my 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 proudest moments. All right, uh, House of Gucci. A Gucci. Gucci, 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 Gucci. Oh, you, yo, sounds like you're going into a little oh, uh, Jared, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Oh, Gucci, yeah, go to Paolo. I like that he went, he went so high with it. So he goes often. very high. He's very high voiced in it in many parts of that movie. I think some people compare it to Mario, and I was like, it was, it was like, oh, I don't yeah. know it's Mario, but he, like, most of it is so high. That's <laughs> so Mario. He, uh, yeah, no, when I was watching it, he does the, uh, Paolo, uh, it's like the, uh, at the end of every sentence. His, I, there was a lot made out of the accents in the movie, and as I was watching it, I was like, I mean, Jared Little, for sure. But a couple of them, yeah. Some of the accents got away from everybody. Yeah, they didn't mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, 
All right. The, uh, I was going to say, House of Gucci is edited by... Kenny <laughs> <laughs> Perez? By Kenny Perez. Who knows? Congratulations. The, uh, the theme song is sang by our one and only Brett Newski. Oh, uh, the Newska. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration <laughs> from the License Lab. Oh. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like we, their babies. Oh, License we, Lab. We get a, Thank you, Associated Bank. Oh, thank you very much. And to our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. You're the best. And the Guccio to my Gucci. Thank you, Christopher Pollard. <laughs> I'm the patriarch of the fashion industry. Yes, you are. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.